want to start off this morning by sharing a proverb with you, one that I learned from my background, one my, um, my youth pastor told me when I was growing up in Hong Kong. It's a Chinese proverb. And the proverb is, one chopstick is easily broken, while a bundle of chopsticks are not. There's also a Filipino saying that means something similar. And it's, a broom is sturdy because its strands are tightly bound. Now, I like to make a habit of coming back to these proverbs and sayings from my roots and from my people of origin. I do it because in my own journey in life, I've been exposed to lots of different proverbs and sayings, and some of them don't serve me. <laughs> One such saying that I'm sure you're all familiar with is, every man for himself. Who knows that one? Everyone, right? It's a saying I don't love because I, I believe it puts us in competition with one another. It's only concerned with the individual, the self. It's a saying that values individual achievement and individual survival above all else. I bring this up because I, I don't think this every man for himself way of living is working for us, moving through life in this way where we are in competition with one another, it isn't working. And I'm learning in my own journey through life, I'm learning more and more that the way to get through this wilderness journey is by walking through it together. The womanist way. What's the womanist way, Mira? What does that mean? It's coming. The womanist way. Let me tell you, the woman's way is not about individual survival. It is concerned about the collective. Alice Walker, who coined the term womanist, defines womanist as, in her words, a woman who loves other women, sexually and or non-sexually. She says this too. A womanist is committed to survival and wholeness of entire people, male and female, which is what we see take place in this story of Moses' birth. In fact, womanism is at work even before this chapter. We started in chapter two this morning. Even before this chapter, chapter one, we see womanis womanism taking place when Hebrew midwives work together to conspire against Pharaoh's decree to kill all the baby boys. That's the condition in which Moses was born in. They weren't concerned about any repercussions that might come from going against the Pharaoh. They weren't, they, they weren't worried for their own individual safety or survival. For them, their concern and their commitment was for the survival of their people, of their entire community. And then we get to chapter two, today's reading. We see womanism at work in Moses' family, where each individual of that family member, of that family, risked their lives every moment, moment, every moment Moses was alive. They risked their lives every time he cried under their roof because they risked being caught. Their entire family worked together to keep his existence a secret, knowing anything could happen if Pharaoh were to find out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is another example 
of womanism. Then when it comes to the day when they couldn't keep him a secret any longer, Moses' mother released Moses into the world. I'm a mother, I have three kids, I have no idea how she did this. But somehow, she must have trusted that the womanist way would emerge. And somehow, Moses would live. And that's when we see Pharaoh's daughter come into the scene, who's enjoying a nice, lovely bath with her attendants. And she sees this basket bopping down the river. And she asks her attendant to go and get it. And the passage tells us she hears Moses crying. And she took pity on him. Now let's pause for a second. If Pharaoh's daughter valued an every man for himself philosophy, she would have been satisfied having her, all her needs met. She's bathing, she's good, she's got attendance, she's well fed, probably wearing the best threads there is out there in the ancient Egyptian days. So she's not concerned with what's going on in the basket or the cries that are coming out of it. For her, as being part of the dominant group, as being a member of the upper and ruling class, she has nothing to gain from helping this baby who wasn't hers. And yet, she becomes moved by Moses' cries, by this deep wailing, the kind of weeping you do when you're desperate, the kind that you do when you're lifting your voice and crying out desperately to be saved, when you are calling out for survival. That's what babies do. Who's heard a baby screeching in the middle of the night on an airplane at a restaurant? That's what babies do. That's what they do when they're crying out to be held or when they're crying out because they're hungry. They do it because they're signaling to you that they need something to survive. Pharaoh's daughter doesn't respond how some of us might do, you know, hair standing up on end and going, I wish someone to shut that baby up. Let's be real, some of us react that way. She doesn't. She responds with compassion seeing the injustice brought on by the, on the Hebrew people by her own father. And hearing his cries awakens a womanist desire in her to commit to his survival in that moment. Even though he wasn't her own people. And this concern for others who experience marginalization, class-based and race-based marginalization, that is womanism at work. And then another moment of womanism emerges, my favorite, my personal favorite. And this is when we see Moses' sister step in to work out a partnership with Pharaoh's daughter. Can we just pause for one moment? I keep saying, Moses' sister, Pharaoh's daughter. Why isn't any of these amazing women named in this particular church? Another sermon for another day. In true womanist fashion, his daughter, his sister, you see, that's why, his sister 
collaborates with Pharaoh's daughter, and they work out together a plan in which Moses could be raised by his mother, but this time not in secret, but out in the open, without the threat of getting caught, and with the added bonus of her financial support. This work of collaboration, where we see two women from different cultures, from different ethnicities, from different social classes come together to work out a solution is another example of the womanist way. And even the solution itself is womanist. You see, Pharaoh's daughter could have taken Moses back home to raise him as an Egyptian, could have fed him, clothed him in those fine threads that she has, but she recognized how important it was for Moses to be raised by his own people. She recognized that to be committed to Moses' thriving as a whole human, she couldn't separate him from his roots. Part of his flourishing as a whole person meant that he needed to be raised in his community, listening to the stories of his people, listening and hearing their language. And she knew this was essential to his entire being thriving. And honestly, this was likely why he grew up to stand up against the exploitation of his people, acting in womanist ways himself, because he was protected in his position of power. But he acted in ways that went on to liberate his entire community. So in this chapter, in this story, we see this through line of womanist actions. God manifesting, God animating, through womanist actions, starting from, the, from Exodus chapter one, the womanist actions of the midwives, and then Moses' mother and sister working it out, working out womanist solutions with Pharaoh's daughter, and what happens next? What happens after this? As a result of their commitment to work together for their collective, an entire community survives. Not one person, not one man for himself, an entire people. They go on to work out how to be a new nation. These are the ancient Hebrews that go on to form the nation of Israel. They go on to work out how to live together differently, not in individual competition with one another, but working out how to thrive as a collective. And it doesn't even stop there. God animated in the spirit of togetherness, oriented these women to act in ways that go on to inspire a Jewish man who would inspire 12 of his friends to work together to resist another empire that was oppressing them. Together they worked together to feed thousands to break rules, to heal and touch people across cultural divides. Together, they inspired many others to listen to the cries of the oppressed and respond with compassion. So you see, the, mo the womanist way of walking the wilderness is God's way of moving through human history to bring about collective liberation. And because of that, 
We too today are called to continue this womanist commitment to one another's wholeness, not just our own. We must move away from this inclination to act in every man for himself ways. It isn't enough for one of us to be okay. It isn't even enough for one group of us to be okay, to rise up and excel above the rest. We are called to walk the womanist way, being concerned with the survival and wholeness of entire people, not just one group, not, not one group pitting the needs of one marginalized group against another, but instead working a solution out together. Rabbi Jesus, the Son of God, modeled this for us by calling us to be in dialogue with one another, to work out a solution for our survival as a collective and our wholeness and liberation as a collective. Caitlin Curtis, a citizen of the, I really hope I don't botch this because I practice it so many times, a citizen of the Potawatomi Nation, and speaker at this year's Freedom Rising Conference. She talks about this too. She says, I learned from the black women in my life that black and indigenous women must work together, must partner together, must actively join with other women of color to lead the way forward in America. Can you imagine what we could do if we worked together? If we all worked together, black, indigenous, Asian, Latine, white, queer, hetero, everyone in their neuro and body diversity, can you imagine what we could accomplish if we worked together to dialogue and co-conspire a way out of these oppressive systems? Can you imagine what would happen if we walked together in this wilderness journey? Imagine what we could birth on the other side of this. Can you imagine what would happen if we learned from women like the legendary Ruby Sales, Caitlin Curtis, Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas, and Latosha Brown, who are all thinking about this womanist way of working out the survival of the collective. Can you imagine what kind of liberation work would be lifted up? What we could do? Together, when our strands become tightly bound because of concern for one another, not just ourselves, we become stronger. Being together is how we can embody a collective resistance to the forces that are trying to wipe us out. Together is how we can take risks and not be broken by our oppressors. Together, we are going to remember that our bodies are not to be exploited that we are God's beloved, and together is how we are going to be liberated. And right now, I'll tell you real quick, if you're not sure how to do this together, this together work, this womanist way of walking, there are three things you can do today. You can go to our Freedom Rising Conference, sign up today, so that you can be in embodied presence with many others who are wanting to do this womanist work. You can. Get in, you can listen to Reverend Amanda, who is doing a Lenten Bible study on Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman, who has 
done this, this womanist way of walking through the wilderness. And you can do this online. You can, thirdly, you can join in this together movement, this womanist way of being by serving here in our community in both our outward-facing ministries and our inward-facing ones. Who's here from Butterfly Outreach Ministry? We have a few folks here. Butterfly Outreach has recently partnered with Judson Memorial to serve on Mondays, to serve at their day respite site for SILEs. And you can be a part of that. And if going out there in the world is hard and you want to try one thing, try one small step, come and be involved in making this happen each Sunday by being an usher. And now's a good time to start because they have their training next Sunday. And I'm sure there are many, many, many more ways to take part in this. My hope is that, like the ancient Hebrews, together we too can become brave. We can usher in a new kingdom, a new sense of kinship with one another in the womanist way. Are you with me? Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen.